Unlike the historians who spend their days in the utterly charming worlds of Jefferson's book collection or his vegetable gardens, Cinder Stanton is working on the history of slavery at Monticello. If you think too hard about uh, what happened to, to people here, it's difficult. I mean, here, at the home of one of the most enlightened men in the country. Stanton showed us around Mulberry Row where 40 or 50 slaves lived and worked at any one time. But aside from the horse stables, there's only one building that remains. The rest were cheap and made of wood and have disappeared. It seems very empty today, and I once was standing here, just about where we are now, back in the 1990s and began talking to an African-American woman who was looking down the row, and then she looked up at the house with the beautiful white newly painted balustrade and the pointed brickwork and said it's as if we've been erased. Over the course of his life Jefferson owned more than 600 slaves. From here a bit downhill from the house you can't help but notice the upstairs downstairs geography of Monticello. Even when we arrived slavery was the s-word uh, they had every euphemism you can imagine about Jefferson's servants or his family or whether this sort of thing. Dan Jordan was president of Monticello from 1985 until 2008. I think it's a much more nuanced and enriched experience today than it was 30 years ago. But that's the way it ought to be. I mean, things evolve. You that's amazing. They really, they didn't say slavery. No, it was the S word. That was not very long ago, the early 1980s. Have our perceptions of the Founding Fathers changed so much that we can now accept them, slaves and all? I took my question to one of today's most important American commentators. Monticello was built and operated mainly by slaves. It's Not such an ugly word. Slaves? Slaves. <laughs> Stephen Colbert. The nice thing that the Founders have is status. Do you know what I mean? And so... Uh, so few things have status to us anymore. Everything can be torn down, but they're stuck like, like a fly in amber. The Constitution being, you know, the great amber of their status. So they're always good for a laugh because all you have to do is undercut the statue-like quality of them. Of course, the big get for any interviewer would be our third president, Thomas Jefferson, who just happens to be the subject of the second part in our continuing series, Better Know a Founder. Tonight, One of our greatest presidents, our greatest founding father, is also um, the one we've got the goods on in terms of being a jerk. In the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson declared all men's inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of Sally Hemings' sweet apple cheek booty. I don't think there's anything sort of sacred about his relationship with Sally Hemings. It still seems like an, an abusive power relationship, especially when he talks so much about power relationships in what he wrote about, whether it's the power of the state to the church or of one state to another state or well, the government over man. The thing about Sally Hemings as well is that she was his late wife's half-sister. What? Yes. Oh, so, oh, so it runs in the family Ish, because his, yeah. his wife's Wife. father also, also had sex with the slaves. Correct. Wow. Oh, well, that's very interesting. Well, that's almost a sweet story then. There you go. You've, you've got it. You've really opened my eyes to how a, a master having sex with a slave really can be a very lovely story. It's much more complicated Thank than you, you think. Uh-huh. 
I think most of the scholarly community now regards it as pretty much of a clear thing. Again, Jefferson biographer Joseph Ellis. What kind of relationship Jefferson had with Hemings? Was it love? Was it lust? Was it rape? Impossible to know that, and, and people that want to write about that are going to have to write fiction. Right. I was born Sarah Sally Hemings in the year of our Lord, 1773. And there has been a lot of fiction, including the inevitable made-for-TV movie. I was born to slavery, but destined to scandal. If you think about it, Jefferson argued that one of the reasons that he couldn't free his slaves was that once freed, the blacks would intermarry with the whites and would dilute the pure Anglo-Saxon race. Well, (laughs) he's fathering uh, children by Sally Hemings, and some of them look almost purely white. And, you know, you get in, again, Faulknerian scene where he's eating dinner and he's being served by a slave who happens to be his own son. 